0: So let's move on with the podcast. This is the NP Business Matters podcast, episode number 23, CLIA Waivers and Your Practice. Hello and welcome to the NP Business Matters podcast. I'm your host, Barbara C. Phillips, nurse practitioner, founder of Nurse Practitioner, Business Owner, and the Clinician Business Institute. And since 2007, we've been providing education, resources, and support about the business of being a nurse practitioner. To learn more, please visit our websites at npbusiness.com and the Institute.com. Today I'm talking about CLIA waivers. And if you're in clinical practice, chances are you've been doing things every single day, such as the UA dips, the finger sticks, rapid stress test, and more. And in order to do so, the practice that either you own or that you are working in must have a CLIA waiver. And yet many clinicians don't even know what they are. And if you are a practice owner, you may be out of compliance if you don't have a waiver and you're performing any number of these point of care tests that are available. So let's talk about what it is, how to get it, why you want one. And really, it goes beyond compliance. So you want to make sure that at the end of this podcast, you head over to npbusiness.com forward slash podcast and get accesses to the resources that I'm mentioning today and the downloads, but not only just for today's episode, but for all of our episodes. So let's go ahead and get started. All right. Let's talk about these CLIA waivers. First of all, just what is it? What the heck is a CLIA waiver? Well, CLIA, C-L-I-A, stands for Clinical Laboratory Improvement Amendments, and it allows you to do point of care testing in your practice. So that's, that's the basis of it. Now, in order for a test to be CLIA waived, the test has to be simple. It has to have low risk for any erroneous results. And notice I didn't say that they were error proof because they're not. Nothing is. But still, these have to be simple enough that you can do it in your office and that you can uh, delegate these tests as well to your staff. So in your laboratory, or in other words, in the room in your practice in your clinic where you're actually performing these tests, you are ensuring that you're collecting the specimens appropriately, that you understand and follow the manufacturer's instructions, and that you and your staff know how to perform the tests, document the results, and are able to identify inaccurate results or test system failures. So, you know, those things that just, oh, this can't be right. You know, the urine looks horrible, and yet everything looks normal. So you want to look a little further. You've also got to make sure that you're following something called Good Laboratory Practices for Waived Testing Sites. And it's a little booklet, and I'll link a copy uh, to that in the resources for this podcast. But it is a requirement when you are signing up for the CLIA waiver. Now, CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and the FDA, the Food Drug Administration, have a complete list of tests that have been deemed as CLIA waived. You'll also, in our resources that I'll link to, find the appropriate CPT code for each test that is performed. Because the other part of this is... If you want to bill for these tests, and you should, because they're going to cost you money, um, you have to have the appropriate CPT test, or excuse me, CPT code. So what are some examples of different types of CLIA wave tests and things that you can do in your office? Well, several of them we're very familiar with, such as urine testing for pregnancy or infection or a variety of other things, doing finger sticks such as for glucose A1C monitoring. You can even now do them for some blood chemistries and ESR counts, hormones, etc. We do drug testing in urine. We do colorectal screening for blood, various swabs that we use for the flu and the strep and the more. And some of the COVID testing now may even be CLIA wave. not all of it yet. Um, And some of it may be provisional for the duration of the public health emergency. So if you are moving forward after the public health emergency, still doing these tests, you want to double check that they have indeed been cleared for you to use. And by the way, the public health emergency is now still in effect until January of 2022. So just how do you get a clear waiver? Well, it's really quite simple. You can apply through your state or through the CMS website. And if you happen to be in New York State or in Washington State, those states actually run and manage and oversee their own uh, program. So you'll definitely have to do it through the state in those states. But you could still go to your state and it'll send you to where you need to go. But I'll have a link of where you can apply at the CMS website. Now, the certificate costs $150 at the time of this recording. And actually, it's been that for a number of years. Um, And those, those certificates are good for two years. It'll take you on average about two months to receive it. And the thing here is that you cannot perform any laboratory testing whether you're billing or doing a cash service or anything, you cannot do this, this testing until you have that CLIA waiver in hand in your office. And it's a good idea that when you think about when that two years is up, and you'll want to mark your calendar um, ahead of time, you want to renew it at least two months ahead of time, if not more. Because again, once that CLIA waiver has expired, you cannot do testing in your office. And another thing that was recently brought to light by someone was if your CLIA waiver hasn't been updated, say that there's a change in practice ownership, or you've moved the office, any number of things, you need to make sure that that address is correct, or you may find out that you're out of compliance, or somebody doesn't want to reimburse you, or any number of things. On that note, the CLIA waiver has to be posted in your office, preferably in the area that you are doing testing. And most of the time, what you'll find is insurance companies want an updated copy when you are um, when they're doing the, the, say, quarterly attestation or you're having to renew your certification, any of those things. So just like you need to send them your uh, the face sheet for your liability insurance, you also need to keep up with your CLIA waivers and licenses and that sort of thing. So what are some of the real questions and confusion that I see and questions that we receive at NPBO about this. So a lot of times people will say, well, you know what? I'm only doing a finger stick and maybe I'm only doing one or two a month, whatever. Do I really need to have a CLIA waiver? And of course the answer is yes. You cannot do any test at any time without having a waiver if you want to be in compliance. So even if you're just doing one or two tests a month, you need to have a waiver. And remember, you need that waiver even if you are not charging the patient for the test, you're not billing it to Medicare or other insurances, it doesn't matter. No waiver, no test, no way, no how. So another question that we get is where can I find the CPT codes and the reimbursement amounts for each of these tests? And that's something to really be careful about because one of the things that I found early on is sometimes the reimbursement amount doesn't justify me spending the money to purchase the test. In other words, reimbursement is less than what it was costing me to obtain the test. So and I'll talk a little bit about costs of tests. But in terms of the um, knowing the reimbursement and where you find that that'll be on the CMS website. Now, obviously, that's going to be Medicare, that's not going to tell you the reimbursement for Medicaid or commercial insurance, but it'll give you an idea. And the other thing too, is they'll tell you specifically which tests which manufacturers are actually approved and have a CLIA waiver because they're not all the same. You also want to check this list on a regular basis because they're approved for CLIA waiver uh, ongoing and it is updated on a regular basis. So going back to what about buying these tests? Where do you purchase a CLIA wave test? Well, in this case, Google's your friend. You can Google any number of different places to purchase them. Usually you can find them wherever you purchase your medical supplies for your office. One of the things that I would really say again is be aware that pricing varies widely, as does the quality. So you want to make sure that the tests you were looking at has the um, appropriate waiver to them. You want to make sure that it's also listed in the multi-page lists of different tests that you can do from different manufacturers. And you also want to do your due diligence and make sure that this is not some fly-by-night company, but you're actually getting quality test. Another question that I often see is, well, what about provider-performed microscopy procedures. Now, these particular tests are not considered low complexity. They're actually moderate complexity. But they are commonly performed in offices if a person is adequately trained to do them. And that can be things like KOH preps, wet mounts, pinworm exams, nasal smears. Perhaps you're actually doing microscopy on a urine sample Now, these particular tests can only be performed by a licensed provider, such as a physician, a dentist, and of course, advanced practice clinicians, you and I. You cannot delegate these tests to staff members. It has to be a higher level provider. And when you apply for your CLIA waiver, there is a place to apply for microscopy because it is that limited authorization. So you want to make sure that you are very specific about that when you're doing them. So another question that we see is, well, you know what? I'm seeing patients in their homes or in assisted assisted living facilities. Do I still need a waiver? Yes, you do. Anytime that you're performing point of care testing, the test itself needs to be certified as a CLIA-waived test, and you have to have a certificate for doing that. And since you're out in the field, you know, it's something that you can perhaps have attached to your EMR that's that you access through the cloud, or, you know, you might have it in your documents, but, but have it with you just in case. Now, why, why do I keep saying have it with you? Is somebody going to come by and do some kind of an audit to see that we have this thing? Well, not really. Usually not. You won't be inspected unless that there's some issues that come up. But I would never want to take that risk because insurance companies sometimes will come by your office They want to see what's there, how things are set up, whether you're in compliance. Occasionally, OSHA might come by, particularly if there's an issue. It's just one of those things you don't want to be out of compliance with. So another question, do I need a CLIA waiver if I'm just collecting samples to send to the lab, you know, such as blood or pap smears? No, no, you don't. You don't. You're not doing the test in your office. You're collecting the specimens and you're sending them to the lab to be done. So you don't necessarily need a clear waiver for that. Do you need to have more than one clear waiver if you have um, various locations? And in most cases, the answer to that is yes. You need to have it in every office. Now, there are some exceptions to that, such as, are you a laboratory, and do you have many laboratories, and, and whatnot. Um, and those will be listed on the CMS website. But for the, the most of us, uh, it's not, that's not an issue for us. Most of us have one offices. A frequent question that I see is, as a nurse practitioner, as a PA, can I be listed as the laboratory director? Many times, yes. In fact, probably most of the time, yes, because it is your practice. But just like most things that have to do with nurse practitioners, things vary state to state to state. And so you need to make sure that at your state, you'll be able to be listed as the laboratory director. I hope that that answers most of the frequent questions that we see. And if you have other questions on this, you can certainly let us know. And let's try to get that clarified for you. So you can get more information on this at the CMS website and also the CDC website. And I'll put links to all of that in the show notes over at npbusiness.com forward slash podcast. I hope this has been helpful for you. So remember to go over to npbusiness.com forward slash podcast so that you can get the links and the resources that I mentioned in the podcast. And while you're there, make sure you look around and take note of all of the education resources and support options that are available to you on the topics of the business of healthcare practice, business startup and more. Again, this is Barbara C. Phillips, nurse practitioner and founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with me today, for subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your colleagues so that we get a greater reach and that they too have access to this information. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the NP Business Matters podcast. Bye-bye now.